Have you ever wondered why we keep remaking the same movies over and over again, retelling the same stories with newer graphics and different sheens and different release dates, but ultimately a movie theater's poster wall looked the same in 1980 as it does today? So did we. Welcome to Hollywood Already Did It, your weekly movie podcast for things that have been rebooted, remade, and sequelized, where we wonder why this keeps happening and if there was any reason to do it or not. As always, I'm your host, Blake Schultz, and with me is Terrence Tatum. Hello, everyone. And this week, we're talking about a movie that took so long to make, (laughs) I'm surprised there isn't already a reboot of it. The Uncharted movie has finally come to theaters, starring Tom Holland and Mark Wahlberg. The reboot, the reboot, the adaptation of the PlayStation 3 Sony franchise, technically on the PS3 and then the PS4, the remade on the PS5. There have been more PlayStation systems than there have been movies at the time this movie was announced, which isn't that much, but it's weird that it's happened that way. And we are going to get right on into it. So, Terrence, before we talk about this, do you... Do you know the long and troubled history of the Uncharted movie? Because I don't know every detail of it. I, I just feel like every other month there was a new headline or like, not yet. I know for the longest, because I'm was i a David O. Russell fan from like Three Kings and all. I know for the longest, David O. Russell was the, the spearhead of this. Like he was the director, he was the person who was going to make this. And Mark Wahlberg was Nathan Drake in, in, in his version. Like that's who his guy was because they had worked together before and that's sort of who they cast. And then from that point, it just got weirder and weirder because Mark Wahlberg always sort of stayed attached and everything else around it switched, like producers, directors, all of it just kept going from one person to another to another, to the point that I didn't think this was ever going to happen because we had gotten to that weird range where like Uncharted has stopped making games and we're not, this isn't a popular franchise like it was at its its height anymore. So I was like, oh, this is never going to happen. And then all of a sudden... It still is Mark Wahlberg. He's just now, he's aged up so far that he's like, you can't even be Nathan anymore. You're not going to be Sully. Yeah, I mean, because the original game came out on November 19th, 2007. I was a senior in high school. We were out there uh, really, really doing it. I think I originally said 2006, which was incorrect because I just blended those years together in my mind. High school was a weird period. And then not a year after Avi Arad of Spider-Man fame and big Sony producers said he wanted to make this movie with the lead game designer of Naughty Dog at the time. And uh, to which pretty much everybody either said no comment or they're doing it or not. Around this time, it was going to be written by Thomas Dean Domley and Joshua Oppenheimer with Nathan Fillion expressing interest to play it, which was a big fan favorite for the casting yeah. for the longest but alas (laughs) time marches (laughs) forward and then that was around 2009 and then in 2010 Doug Belgrad and Matt Tolmach the co-presidents of Columbia Pictures that's when David O. Russell came in Mark Wahlberg attached it dropped out again in 2012 everybody dropped out to go work on the Divergent series in 2015 a new script by David Guggenheim had leaked part of the big Sony email hack this pushed everything back to 2017 <sighs> and then it just <laughs> keeps going until 2019 when we directed to sign and then we got our 2020 release date the pandemic happened here we are in 2022 <laughs> five games into the series i think six if you count the psp ones oh my goodness what a long crazy a road long to basically trip. adapt what was the indiana jones of video games into the movie which we'll get into why that was originally my biggest concern but first it's here what did you think of it 
Yeah, no, I it's uh it was good. It's I enjoyed this film a lot. I got into I I, I was an Xbox head throughout all of most of my middle uh, time of life. And uh, this is a series that switched me over to becoming a Sony fan. I've never looked back. I love this series. So once this movie finally was announced, it's like, cool. And obviously everybody, I was on that Nathan Fillion train too, until he got to a point where I'm like, ah, he, he's too old to do it. And then seeing this, I think the biggest thing that most people had going in is like, ah, he's just, Tom Holland is just too young to play Nathan. But I will say this, watching this film, it felt like, oh, this is the first, the first few days of where we get Nathan. And I was okay with that. Once I, as I went along and accepted that, I'm like, oh yeah, this is fun. It's a very entertaining ride. It is not going to make you think. It's not reinventing the wheel of everything that it has taken before. Because like you said in your, uh, in your spiel, the Uncharted games are a rip or a steal off of Indiana Jones and like National Treasure. So therefore, when you make a movie that is a rip off of those, it's going to have a lot of things that are in common with each other and sort of be like the the B version or the light, lighter version of that. Uh, and that, I don't have a problem with that, especially in this day and age right now, I need some escapism. So I had fun with this movie, which I think that is the whole point of what this is. Do I have some problems? Sure. But overall, it is a, it's a fun ride that I actually would love to see this group continue on to do this again because I'm kind of I'm, I'm invested now. Yeah, and I just realized why I said 2006 earlier. That was the launch date of the PS3, and in my brain, this was a launch title. It is not it a launch not. title. <laughs> but all that being said, I think the big difference to the Indiana Jones Uncharted comparisons that are going to happen throughout this franchise's entire life, as it's been happening in the video game world, it will happen here. I think the biggest difference is that Indiana Jones doesn't have that much character depth. He doesn't change a lot as a character. His, his agency is always pretty much the same. Where when we follow Nathan Drake from Uncharted 1 through Uncharted 4, especially Uncharted 4, we get a lot deeper into characterization and who he is and what motivates him. And we really watch him grow and change through the franchise. I think the other big difference in the first Uncharted game we get a little bit of like mysticism in Indiana Jones and all these other things, but it goes full tilt supernatural, supernatural in the end of that third yeah. art, third yeah. act of Uncharted One, and then a little bit in there. So it does, there's a small enough changes to differentiate it, but I think at its core, because you know, Indiana Jones was the template for adventure movies after it came out. Mm -hmm. So anything after it, Pirates of the Caribbean. National Treasure, Jungle Cruise, all of these movies, Jumanji are going to keep kind of coming back to like dude in a hat and jungle climbing stuff, trying to get the, the big glowing rock at the end. Right. So naturally those are going to come. I agree with you. I also, first, when a movie is in development, as long as this is, I have hesitations, but I, I'm starting to kind of try to reframe my thinking with delayed movies the way I do with delayed games. With that famous quote, of, you know, a good game is always bad, but a delayed game will eventually be good. Yeah. So I'm hoping that we can start sort of thinking about that more when these things get pushed back, when reshoots happen, when something gets knocked back as far back as this movie has. But I had a great time from start to finish. I thought it was good. I agreed. I was a little worried that Tom Holland was just going to feel like Peter Parker the whole time, and he doesn't. And I was no. a little worried that Mark Wahlberg was just going to be Mark Wahlberg. And he is. But that is kind of the, but it, it eventually works. Their chemistry starts to click. I really yeah. kind of enjoyed 
the small little setups of Nathan Drake at the beginning of kind of watching him steal and hanging out with his brother and getting this cool history lesson of the first map ever made and where we are and why we're there and who this guy is. And then eventually getting into the Sully of it all and bringing in these other characters and watching the small thieveries that he does, which are, you know, technically crimes, but are charming <laughs> but have a good enough jawline. It, it, it's yeah, fun it, to watch. If you look like that, steal away. It's fine. Um, yeah, I also had, there were some issues that I had. Oh, Mark Wahlberg is just out here being Mark Wahlberg. But their chemistry together is so good. And, and it's weird as it goes along, because I think the chemistry is so good, I start to sort of accept, all right, this is just this version of Sully. I can see this working. And as we went along, he started kind of leaning and getting more and more into it. So I was like, I don't know, obviously they shoot films out of order. I don't know if in the back half of the film, he was like, I'm more now Sully as opposed to just being Marky Mark. But it felt as he went along, he was getting more into the actual character. And I was like, all right, we're getting there. It's, we're finding that sweet spot. Yeah, I think the more he was on his own, the more he felt like Mark Wahlberg. But when he started playing with all the other characters and some of the scenes that are almost a one-to-one of the mm -hmm. game, that's when kind of the Sully started coming out. Uh, I will say they kind of fell into what I think is an older trope with superheroes, video games, any type of adaptation of the, I just want to see them in the uh, game, comic, whatever it is, accuracy of it. And it's like, oh, we took so long. And all Nathan Drake's is, is, you know, two little gun bands over the shoulders. And it wasn't until that third Maybe act, we have to act. wait till the post credit scene for the mustache. And I was like, what are we, are we going to keep doing this now? Like, what yeah. does that mean? In the Mario movie, am I going to have to wait 90 <laughs> minutes from to find his hat? No like, what rolls. are we doing? Just, he's red shirt. Yeah, he's going to have a red <laughs> He's got to earn the title of Super Mario. Uh, you know, all of these kind of legacy ideas sort of play with that. But I'm like, just get in there. Just yeah. get, you know what we want now. Let's yeah, go. It sucks, especially since the posters all have that on there. There's one commercial that literally has the, the mustache part being a part of it. It's, oh, well, we don't get that until the movie's over. Like, we're people are leaving by this point. <laughs> um, but I thought they did a good job, too, of finding ways to take things that work in the game that wouldn't have worked in a movie. And the, the one I really think of is the first initial sort of heist. And in the game, in that sequence, you kill the power, you steal it, you walk out, which really works in a video game because you are playing a video game and you're in cover and you're shooting mechanics and you're firing and there's enemies and there's waves and there's tactics and all these things. And in a movie, it would be very boring if he just flipped that switch, and stole the thing and booked. And I thought they did a really good job of both leaning into Tom Holland's almost Spider-Man-esque silliness that he can do. His physicality. Yeah. Yeah. And almost kind of gave Mark Wahlberg this almost Danny Ocean moment where he gets to keep doing the like, okay, well, what's taking? Come on. While he's fighting this mm -hmm. overly accented Scottish, <laughs> Scottish man and yeah. dangling from wires. And I was like, well, this is a very inventive way to change something that would have been very bland had you not taken that time. And once we do it, we are off to the races. Every sequence after that is huge fun set piece, huge big bombastic action. Takes us, we don't even really use a gun until the third act. We're constantly mm -hmm. almost MacGyvering our way through these moments. I thought the action was really good. I thought the scope of everything was really cool. Everything I thought I wasn't gonna like, I ended up liking. I and love flying that. out of the plane with it. Yeah, I love that we, a big part of the Uncharted series is the puzzles. And I love that we have a whole sequence where we're dealing with like, this key needs to go here. We got to do this together. I love all of that because I'm like, yep, this feels what I'm supposed to, this is what it's supposed to feel like. I dig it. 
Um, uh, yeah, a lot of good ticking clock moments of mm-hmm. like there the water's rising while Mark Wahlberg's fighting somebody. It's like all of these are pieces to a larger movie that I, I really enjoy where I think in the adventure genre, we very often are just like, what if it was a towering guy like The Rock and he beat up everybody and he got the thing and we were on our way. And this kept kind of having the human feel you know you almost feel like you're watching the movie the way some people watch nascar where they're waiting for the crash and i am sort of waiting for tom holland to get knocked down and fall and bump around and i think in that you add a lot to his character because he feels real it's like in an everyman aspect you get into some old school diehard stuff and live free diehard no one feels like the terminator in this movie yeah we haven't had an action adventure film in a very long time that had an everyday guy looking like the character like it's usually like you said the rock or or jason momoa or somebody that is like 17 times the size of a, of a normal human being whereas when tom is doing it you're like even though we all know that his physicality is good but we know like oh he could take a punch and it would hurt like he's going to feel everything that he, that happens to him um which is also a part of the 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 lore of the game is that like oh yeah he he takes a beating like he's never He's never in a room where he is the best fighter, which is always pretty, pretty dope to me. That's what's been cool about this series as a whole. Um, yeah, I mean, that, you know, it's kind of what you want. You want to see somebody sort of get knocked around a little bit. Like, you don't always want them to be on top of their game. Even, like, the first Iron Man has him, like, falling down and rolling around in his suit. And yeah. It's more interesting to watch, especially at the beginning. You don't always want to see them at the top of their game. You want the Spider-Man Sam Raimi moment where he webs and he swings right into the billboard. You want mm-hmm. to see that they can take some hits. Otherwise, you're just like, well, they're just going to get into Fast and the Furious cartoon action where no one's allowed to lose a fight and everything's always big and bombastic. Not that this movie doesn't get big and bombastic. But I think there, that's why that balance works because there's, this does have some, some moments where physics just go out the window. But if you're if you have a humane character where he does feel like an everyman, you can sort of toe this line between going so far left and then so far on the other side. You don't get into the Fast and Furious stuff where the Rock is actually ha- taking a missile with his hand and guiding it. Like it doesn't get that far. It gets close, but because Tom is that size and, and like just an everyday man, it's like all right, I'll I'll, I'll buy this. I'm in. Like I, I've never got to a point where I was like. That took me completely out of this. Probably that might be because I'm a I'm, I am a gamer, so I know that some of the some of these things get super high physics and sometimes are a little bit unbelievable. But I'm I I I never was a point where I, I was taken out of it. Yeah, it never it never took me out. It never left. And I think part of the reason it never took me out is they did what I've always liked in uh, particularly Uncharted Two, where we start off in the middle of an action set piece right, and like right, right. a la the wonder years like you're probably wondering how, how I, I got, got here. This. <laughs> <Yes>. <laughs> uh, which i really enjoyed it, it kind of you know I, one trope i don't like in modern movie making is when we see the end and then we start the movie it happens even in trailers now where we have to have the trailer before mm-hmm. the trailer yeah and it worked here i think because i've seen it in the game and because it isn't it isn't an ending. It wasn't right. a reveal. It wasn't like a like an escape room situation where we see the character die. Right? Right. Like, guess what? <laughs> We're just the in the middle. Time. Right. We're just in the middle of a stunt, mm-hmm. and he just wakes up, and then we cut back and we start the adventure. We start, yeah. It and helps. Cut, it, like you're right. It's very much because it's not the actual ending or the even the the final set piece of this. It, that's why it's like I can accept this because I'm with you. I, I hate that. Like uh, that started that started at the end, but this works because you're right. 
And then, like you said, I think it's two. Three does it too, but two definitely opens and it's like, oh, I'm in media res. Where are we? And it felt, it immediately grabbed me because I'm like, this is, I'm in now. This is, this yeah, is you're in this is. train. You're, yeah. wa- you're waking up. Yeah. You've hit your head and you shouldn't be going to sleep, but you did. Uh, it's all fantastic. And, and then, you know, the supporting cast too, I really enjoyed Antonio Banderas, Sophia Ali, Tatia Gabrielle, I think are all at both, the top of Yeah, their both the women are great. I love Chloe in this. Like she is pitch perfect for me. Like it feels like Chloe Frazier. Oh, she's from, plucked right out. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> yeah. It's, it's, a, it's almost amazing how good of casting that was. You're like, yeah. oh, this is, we've just pulled her right <laughs> out of the game. Yeah. There she is. Look just mo capped it in there. <laughs> Uh, I like that. A lot of fun cameos, having Nolan North show up. I think the only thing I didn't love was the villain stuff. I thought that was kind of the weaker side of it. It's funny because I actually like, <laughs> spoilers, but I actually like the the villain that is revealed to be the, the overarching villain. And Antonio is very wasted in this. And it's one of those ones where I'm kind of like, well, why, why is he here? And we've given so much of the onus of things that he does like he kills his father he does he does a lot of things that are like oh that's a terrible thing and then we wipe him off the board in the easiest way humanly possible and kind of just like i don't movies have twists especially these movies have like this person turns on this person this person turns on this person this person it got to a point in the back end of this where it was happening so much and i'm like i now none of this means anything and i especially on that their side like chloe and them they always sort of had this that triangle of I, I'm going to turn on you. I'm going to turn on you, especially once you start throwing in Elena. That it gets even more dicey. But this one, it's just like the villain shouldn't also be doing that. Yeah, it, it, I didn't mind it because it was a cool enough moment, and I love when we like flirt with the PG-13 rating. I was like, "Ooh, this is like almost an R-rated moment." Right moments. there. Yeah. <laughs> uh, it felt very like Pierce Brosnan era Bond, mm-hmm. especially when we, you know, bigger spoiler when we finish her off. I was like, "It's like Goldeneye again. <laughs> <laughs> we Goldeneye her. This is great." Yeah. Uh, I loved all that. Yeah, I agree. I like because Antonio Banderas' presence has felt so well in the movie mm-hmm. and he has such a strong motivation for what he's doing. And I liked the twist and I liked the betrayal and I liked that moment, but I did find myself going, did I miss a beat where there's a reason why she also really wants the treasure? Yeah, or- I didn't have an onus for her because it felt like she was a hired gun. And while it is established that she and Sully had history, it wasn't enough established enough that she would be able to just like, I'm going to then turn on my boss. I'm going to get revenge. Yeah. Yeah. Like that part didn't carry across for me. Yeah. But I mean, I did, but then I didn't mind it because then we get, then we're lifting boats into the sky and it becomes skies of Arcadia legends for a few minutes. (laughs) And I loved it. I loved it so much. And I also really kind of appreciated that the treasure sort of didn't matter at all at mm-hmm. the end of this, at least to our main characters. And I, I really liked the notion that Nathan's kind of, he's out there looking for his brother. That's his agency. It's why he's there. And I liked this theme at the end of, I wanted to do this with somebody else. And all you've really done is robbed me of that experience yeah. and tricked me. And you you didn't steal treasure or gold from me. You stole like my soul. Right. Almost. Like, what yeah. Are, what are you doing? What made me, what was giving, giving me a reason to sort of continue continue going, you just took that away from me. I also love, and it's part of the game too, but I also love that 
Nathan, while he, yes, oftentimes is looking for the gold, he's also an adventurer. And he also loves looking up this type of stuff. So when the boat for that brief moment is on the water and actually going, he's like, that's, that's pretty, it's pretty damn cool. Like I'm, I'm into that. And so he's like, screw that. Where's the gold? And I love that that's, that's the difference between the two of them. Like Nathan can at moments just take oh, a Oh, you can't put a price on that. Yeah, you yeah. can, but yeah, you can. $2 billion. <laughs> <laughs> that's so, yeah. That was the best, uh, very quick way to show you who both of those characters mm -hmm. are. Mm -hmm. That there's one person who cares about the history and the journey and the experience and one person who cares about right. the destination yeah, and I, the paycheck. Exactly. And it was such a like old school way of writing of just, it's gonna be in one line, it's gonna mm -hmm. be quick and we're gonna sum up who these people are immediately are. with exactly. it. And I, I love that. I love the twist with Chloe at the end and giving her the fake <laughs> coordinates. I thought that was very clever. I thought. And it's cool because she gives that look like I hate you guys, but I also I get it. I, yeah, there, there's there's like, always like a uh, like an honor among thieves, right. respect of the game, yeah. like game recognizes game <laughs> exactly. for all of them. And I liked that she wasn't really with the team at the end because it it both allowed this movie to wrap up mm -hmm. and kind of leave a lot of things open. Yeah. I uh, so I appreciated that we didn't just make the assumption that we were going to get more movies, and at the same time we're like. But, we, but if we do. <laughs> so I think overall, you would say it handled the source material well. Did you have any hangups before going in that you were like, oh, I don't know. Before going in, the, the age thing was my biggest one just because I, 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 I wasn't looking at this as being sort of a, pre, a, a prequel, if you will, to the games. And now the way that it is, and especially the way the post-credits sequence uh, come about and we bring up Roman, who was the villain in the original, game I'm like ah we are 100% acting as if all of this was what happened before and so once that happened and kind of got me into I was like okay cool the only thing that I do wish um and it's hard to establish that many characters is that Elena comes in but since I know this is now a prequel Elena doesn't really come in into that first game so it's, it makes a little it makes a little more sense um I do hope that we get to a point where Nathan is also He's not doing the bar stuff. He's actually being a, a, a searcher. Like he's going to look at these artifacts and all that stuff. I want I that to a, be a part of his 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 life. Like that's what I miss. I am such a sucker in movies when they're like, well, you know, their day job is going to impact their thing. And when he's doing the like bar tricks to stop them in that action sequence, I was like, this is great. This is <laughs> that was fun. Um, yeah. But I, I agree with you. My biggest hangup wasn't his age. And it kind of ironically is is showing me what a good video game adaptation needs to do, which is something that I've often kind of preached as we've started doing these, you can't really ever just adapt a game as a one-to-one. -one. <laughs> and so my original problem for this was, well, it's just going to feel like Indiana Jones. And in the critical reviews, which we can ignore and we're going to talk about more in a minute, you can see that that's how they're feeling. A lot mm -hmm. of the critics are sort of coming at it from this. It's not adding anything new to the genre and it's not doing this and it's not doing that. And I a lot of things don't add anything new to the genre right but when you're adapting a video game to a movie you really do have to take what about this works and how do we expand it into a movie i look at the recently announced bioshock adaptation coming to netflix and i go well bioshock one of my favorite games of all time Love it. probably won't adapt that well to a movie because the story is a dude walking around picking up audio tapes to learn about the story yeah the actual but gameplay it, doesn't lean to a movie yeah. Right. It like 
quite the literally looks incredible and the, yeah. the art design would be very good for it, but the story and character would be hard to do. But I think a good story that wouldn't make a good video game would be the fall of Rapture of like, well, let's watch how this underwater civilization crumbled and goes water. into Bioshock. Right. So when we come into Uncharted, I originally was like, well, ah, it's just going to be Indiana Jones and we're all just going to walk out and go, ah, it's Indiana Jones. Then we did this Tom Holland casting and it got younger and we were taking from four. And then I was like, well, we're taking from four and we're taking from two and we're taking, we're, we're doing all of it. We're doing all of it at once too quickly. And now I've watched the movie and I go, oh no, they're doing exactly what I was saying they should have done for Bioshock and taking yeah. the things from the Uncharted franchise, the whole thing, the stuff with his brother, the stuff with Chloe, the relationships with Sully and mixing it into a cinematic movie that can now build a whole world. A world yeah. And in that, differentiating it so much from indiana jones not as a like genre bending experience but as a character nathan drake and indiana jones are so are different so from different. one another Correct. and we're gonna now watch somebody who's so different grow and change over the years mm -hmm. and i'm very excited to watch what that journey is going to look like and i was very impressed that we sort of took this source material and had they done this in 2008 or 7 or 9 or 10, I don't think it would have worked. I think I we either. really needed all four of these Uncharted games, these mainline Uncharted games, not kind of the spinoffs and the handhelds, to fuse them into this cinematic story that works really well on the screen, that has all the elements that a, that a movie, that a story really needs. Because once we get into three and four of Uncharted, we start really diving into Nathan as a, as, a, as a person, his family and all those ties. And so some of those threads, you can be like, all right, cool, now that I know all of that, I can sort of splice those nuggets or those seeds into, into this first movie. And then that way we can sort of expand. And it, yeah, it works very much. It reminds me, because you, you mentioned how like a one-to-one -one doesn't work, like that most recent Resident Evil uh, was literally one for one the, the the games and it's one of those things where ah, if i want to watch that i will just watch the cutscenes of the game because they're done infinitely better than anything that is happening on the screen well even look at like detective pikachu right like that was an adaptation of a of a spin-off game of the main right. lines but we talked about it in our detective pikachu episode we're not going to start with big pokemon battles Right. Because I think it might be harder to sell, watch the pets fight in a movie than it is in a children's game. Uh, so, you know, we kind of, you got to mix and match a little bit and figure out what you're doing. It's why a lot of comic book ideas got reworked the way they did and expanded. And now we are in this place where we can do we stories start. like Endgame and WandaVision and these bigger, huge ideas. Yeah. But yeah, there was a time where to, to adapt Spider-Man, we just had to go, why does Spider-Man work? great power, great responsibility. Even when he wins, he loses. Put that into a movie with his main character, who's the antithesis of who he is, and go. Right. And it's interesting, because I think then you get into the relevancy of the movie. And when you look at why the game was relevant, it was you know a year-ish after the launch of the PS3. It was a, a visual spectacle to see. We had never seen this. We didn't have, we'd been making adventure video games as far back as Day of the Tentacle and and beyond to adventure, quite literally, we had you know we had Legend of Zelda, we had all of these things, mm -hmm. but we had never really been able to craft this type of game and world. And we we even had Indiana Jones games on the Xbox before, but this really felt like I'm Indiana Jones and I'm on this quest, and it defined a, a, a years of gaming. It became 
when the 360 and PS3 were having their dumb console wars, yeah. it was always the like, well, what do you want? Do you want to play Halo or do you want to play Uncharted? Like, you're, right, are you Gears or are you Uncharted? I'm like, yeah, I'm, I'm, I wound up sliding with the Uncharted stuff. Uncharted was always wild to me because Gears and Halo were very much shooters. Uncharted was always this weird hodgepodge of many different types of games. And I think that's why I always gravitated to it. I was like, oh, it's an adventure game. It's like quasi pitfall. Wait, now we're a shooter. Now we're flying a plane. What the hell is happening? Like, it's all of those things sort of mixed together and puzzles. I'm like, this is the greatest, like, smorgasbord of games. And you look amazing. And it's funny because it did, uh, and Naughty Dog is so good at this. Uh, they, you know, they, re- they did exactly what the movie is being told the movie's not doing. The first Uncharted was genre bending and changed the game and defined a genre of gaming for years. And then they did it again with Uncharted 4, where suddenly we were on this emotional roller coaster (laughs) that we had never been on in this franchise. And we did all of these big character moments and reveals and twists, and it was incredible. And it's so funny to me that what made this game franchise so relevant is exactly why, critically, it's kind of getting flamed. It's like it did all these things for the genre. And then when you adapted it into a movie, because the adventure genre, we've listed all of them already. Indiana Jones, Pirates, National right. Treasure has, has done all of these beats and it has hit all of these markers. Mm-hmm. And ironically, the one thing that a lot of those have that this doesn't is the mysticism. There was never a like magic is real moment. Right. Uh, but what sets it apart is Nathan's journey. And I think what we're starting to see, audiences, creators, and everything, is this notion that like we'll rewatch a genre and a story we know with a character we like. And, and I will actually, I'm more kin to watch Uncharted, which I've, you know, I love Pirates and Jumanji and all these things, and I've seen it, but I really like what we're doing with Nathan Drake, and I really like that it's not about the treasure, it's about this moment with his brother that he's never going to have, and it's about right. finding his brother, and it's about who we're going to cast for his brother. But when you sort of look at these other uh, adventure movies, they don't really have that. Like a lot of the characterization in those, like they I get think, stagnant a little bit. Like it's kind of why pirates got stagnant. Like I th- Yeah, it did. And I think I liked Jungle Cruise, but those actors aren't somebody that I would actually, those characters aren't somebody that I would want to go back on the road again. Like I, I got it the one time and I don't need to go back to see them again. This is something that like, yes, you're right. <clears throat> Everything has nobody's reinventing the wheel for any genre of film. Like you've seen everything at this point in time. But the reason why you go back to watch Scream is because you're like, oh, cool. I want to see what these new characters do to that. Like, do these new people attack something that I can, I can continue on with? That's why this happened. So it always baffles me when you see critics or anybody saying, ah, oh, this is just Indiana Jones light or this is National Treasure light. I'm like, well, everything. You could use that for any born, yeah, but if we're, born and if you're gonna... light. Like it, the, if you're going to paint with that broad of a brush, we're never going to make anything new. Ever. <laughs> we're just going to keep, like, you can't just be like, it's a, it's Iron Man, but it's a superhero movie. It's like, well, right. I guess we should just keep making Iron Man. Yeah. Uh, and it is interesting because I think I'm more likely to watch a an unoriginal story with an original character than I am to watch, say, a new slasher movie. And I don't like any of the characters in it. Mm-hmm. But if you were like, but we've never, ever done anything like this in horror, I'd go, that's cool. But everyone's boring. Right. I, uh, I would rather go play baseball with nine friends who I know than learn a new sport that sucks right. with a bunch of people I don't yeah. care about. Like, it's, yeah. it's a very, I'll go to the same restaurant with the same people <laughs> than I will. Like, it's fine. Uh, so it's interesting when you kind of look at it that way, and I think that's reflected in the Rotten Tomatoes score. It's sitting at like 
at 30 38 the last time i looked at it it was 38 and 88 audience yeah Yeah. and it, it, it just shows you that one the video game audience is bigger and hungry and they want it and mm-hmm. we're here and this is just good enough for us to be like you did it guys you, yeah you, let's right. go let's go you're off to the races and it, 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 it i feel like we're in this about to be this renaissance where kind of what comic books were a while ago i feel like video games ips are about to start taking off between mario and the halo series and the last of us series i feel like we're about to start seeing things that are taking these things a lot more serious and this is the first time live action film that i feel like they they got the nuts and bolts of everything correct here and i don't know why why the critics what they why they're pissing on this film as hard as they are uh for something that gets it so so close to being right like it's almost right there but it's close enough where like let's keep going like you guys are you guys are right in that wheelhouse let's keep this let's keep this train going and i think it's doing well enough box office wise that i feel like we will go back down this road tom holland is a a, a star at this point oh yeah yeah it's currently it's so it's changed a bit since i looked at it last it's at 39 uh you know critically and 90 audience it was even higher. so yeah yeah so take that as you will i obviously don't put a lot of stock in any numbers i no, don't either but even... it just shows you that there's a huge disconnect between yeah. audiences and critics and it's currently you know we're on a three-day weekend with president's day it, it's it's sitting quite comfortably at a 44.2 million it'll probably be around 51 52 by the end of monday and there's nothing coming out till batman nope. so this is this is just sitting right in between spider-man no way homes we're kind of done we've all watched it nine times <laughs> yes. and you know we are, we're all having our bat calzones and getting ready for march 3rd <laughs> and before then we'll be watching uncharted so it, it's it's a great quarter for sony i mean they're yeah. kind of coming out tom and tom and sony are just sitting on top of the on top of the world right now but I mean, it is a, it's a very exciting time, I think, if what you've been waiting for is for us to figure out the video game adaptation. Because we got Pikachu, we got Sonic, Uncharted is pulling it out. We don't really have a big R-rated one yet, but on Netflix like, we had the I Castlevania like, show. Like Last of Us is the one that's going to kind of be that that beacon for that. I mean, you just, you know, you run through the gambit. We've got what? The the Mario movie, the Borderlands movie, there's a Mega Man movie, Yakuza, Sonic 2... Um, uh, I believe Metal Gear is still being talked about. All Out just started casting, so I know that's on there too. Halo's already got a second yeah. season coming. Like we're in this now, yeah. and I couldn't be happier. No, it is all of it. <laughs> yes, I want all of it soon. Obviously, we will not run out of content, Ever. so you will not run out of things to listen to us talk about why we keep doing this. So, if you want to keep doing that, subscribe to the show, subscribe to the channel. We are, of course on Twitter at Hollywood ADI and you can listen to us whenever new movies come out. I still don't want to say weekly because who knows. Uh, Terrence runs our YouTube channel where there's trailer reactions, episode by episode, show recaps, or I always almost say Pammy and Tom, but it's Pam and Tommy. Pam and Tommy, yes. (laughs) Pam and Tommy, Peacemaker, all of that. We have our podcast here. We have two other spinoffy podcasts. You can't do that anymore about movies that maybe are iffy to go back and rewatch and then we have our marvel pair up where we go through <clears throat> every genre of movie for these marvel shows so wandavision and sitcoms falcon and winter soldier and buddy cop movies and soon moon knight and identity-esque films and uh that is it guys i'm at always blake terrence is at terrence Tatum, and we will see y'all uh 
in you can't do that anymore and in marvel parrot but i think the next proper hollywood already did it is going to be the batman which means we are at one a month this year <laughs> the movies are kind of back sort of we'll see you all next time later